Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, our podcast about all things book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasiliev, the social media specialist here at Booktopia, and I'm joined today by our senior content producer, editor of the Booktopian blog, and now fellow Weekend Booktopian host, Olivia Frico. Hi, Liv. Nick. Um, I'm also joined by our brand and content manager, Mark Harding. Hello, Mark. Hello, Nick. And back by popular demand, especially from us, the host of the awesome Words and Nerds podcast, Danny V. Welcome back, Danny. Hello. So happy to be back. We are absolutely glad glad to, uh, to have you. And it's always great to hear what books that you have been reading and enjoying. Um, so as with all of our episodes, we'll kick off by diving into the world of book news and then discuss the books that we are reading at the moment and then be sure to stick around to the very end when my guests will go head to head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call book fight. Will Liv maintain her incredible record or will her internet cut out? Will Danny go two for two? Will Mark get every single sci-fi book question right? Stick around and find out. Do I still hold the record for most points scored in a single game? Yes, you do, actually. Okay, you good. can hold that record. There are, there are records to be broken. It is a brutal, brutal game that, we, uh, that is book fight. <laughs> um, but first, before we get to all of that, that terror and, uh, and, and violence, uh, we delve into the world of book news. And for all of our listeners, we are recording this uh, on Thursday uh, afternoon. And the big news from this morning is that Leanne Moriarty has announced a brand new novel, which is set to be one of the biggest uh, books of the year. Um, I'll throw to you for this, Mark. What can you tell us about this brand new novel? Okay, so what I can tell you is that the title is Apples Never Fall, and it will be released on the 14th of September uh, of this year. And outside of that, uh, not a whole lot is known. I'm actually, uh, I'm a bad Australian bookseller in that I've never read her. Um, I know I feel like often on this podcast I'm like put in this position where it's like talk to this book and I'm like actually I've never read it because you know like you know I I know that there are murders in her books but they're not like the graphic brutal kind that I tend to go for (laughs) but look you, you cannot you cannot understate um how huge of an author she is and how incredibly popular Uh, her work is this is quite potentially going to be the book of the year I think in just in terms of popularity and book sales um Danny are you a fan I've read all the books I have and I've watched Big Little Lies the TV series um so yeah and I'll read Apples Never Fall so is is that going to be your first um Leanne Moriarty book well I feel like I should probably start with well I was going to start by watching Big Little Lights. <laughs> it's a very different beast from the book, I will admit, because they've Americanized it a lot and it's got quite a different tone. It loses some of the lightness of, big, of like the kind of weird humour of Big Little Lies, but it's definitely, definitely worth watching. I think so too. What a cast as well. Yeah, yeah that cast is incredible. Do you think that maybe this book is about... Um, like, instead of her usual book, wouldn't it be fun if, I don't know if you can hear the grin in my voice, I'm about to run up to a really oh, bad no. joke. But do you reckon it's it's like a biography of, like, Isaac Newton? And he's like, apples never fall. And, his, and then the end, the twist at the end is that an apple falls and then he discovers the theory of gravity. Uh, please, her genre. stop talking. 
would definitely suit her type of writing and her genre going into science. <laughs> I think it must be well, yeah, if I actually, actually. Yeah. Yeah, there is a uh, there is a blurb um, and it's kind of it's like it's two um, retired tennis coaches and their four adult children and then the mum goes missing and they all kind of have to suddenly reevaluate their relationship and the dynamic family life. It sounds interesting. I'm I'm really I'm intrigued. What I like about Yann Moradi's work is that she puts all this kind of, um, you know, it is kind of crime or psychological thriller, but she puts it in a very domestic sort of reader-friendly way. So it's sort of in between. Domestic noir. Yeah, domestic noir really is because it's in between that kind of, you know, domestic suburban reflective of relationships and in between that kind of crime. So it's it's an interesting genre, I think. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be fascinating to see as the anticipation uh, builds and builds and builds for this uh, for this book, uh, how people are going to uh, react and engage with it, because uh, it's certainly going to be just a, um, a book that we'll be definitely keeping our eyes on uh, in terms of throughout 2021, um, which is super, super exciting. Um, the next piece of news that we want to talk about is, and I thought this would be of particular interest to, to you, Liv, is that a new Netflix series um, has been announced uh, based on Shadow and Bone, uh, which is the first book in the Grisha fantasy adventure series by Lee Bardugo. Liv, uh, what can you tell us about this series? Oh, so much, Nick. You're going to regret asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like you said, it's uh, Shadow and Bone is the new upcoming uh, Netflix series that will be coming out on the 23rd of April. Worldwide, as far as I'm aware, that's the Australian release date too. Um, and as you said, it's based on her Grisha trilogy, um, which follows the story of like a hapless young map maker who discovers that she actually has an incredible ability and is, is essentially a kind of witch, which they call Grisha um, or Grisha. I'm not actually sure. And it just, it's about her journey. She goes on to harness her power, which is incredibly rare, and the fate of the whole universe. And it's such an fascinating um, exercise in world building this series. It's set in a world that's reminiscent of Imperial Russia. There's like, there's magic, there's prejudice, there's like grisly battles. It's, it's all very exciting. And people have been waiting for this series for a, on Netflix for a very long time. It was announced back in, let me have a look, back in the January of la, two years ago. And the cast was announced last year, or then, no, two years ago. The cast was announced then, um, and people have just been eagerly awaiting for just some kind of morsel, uh, some kind of crumb uh, for the producers to throw us a bone. And finally, they, they dropped a teaser trailer a few weeks ago, and they've finally given us an in-depth look at some of the cast. Um, it's worth mentioning that it's also, this series will also be partly based on the spin-off duology um, Six of Crows, which follows some same, set in the same universe, but follows some quite different characters who eventually end up meeting later on in the series. It's a very complex and kind of complicated story. So apologies to our listeners if I'm not explaining it well. Um, but it's YA fantasy. It's very exciting. Uh, Lee Bardugo is a huge deal. And this has the potential to be very big. And I'm very excited. Yeah, it's it's been fascinating uh, around kind of... All of we, we kind of discussed it a little bit around all the adaptations and all the uh, the incredible craze mm. that that Lee 
kids in around it. Um, Danny, are you a big fan uh, of the Grisha series? Uh, are you excited about this one as well? I know you're a, you, you devoured Big Little Lies when we were talking about Leon Moriarty. Yeah, look, I've, I've read the first one. I own that one. Um, and I did have a look at the trailer and I had a look at the cast. I think the cast looks really good and I'm really interested to see how it's brought mm. to life. And I, I quite liked the trailer. It um, doesn't tell you much, but I think it, it, you know, compels you enough to want to have a look at it. So I'm pretty keen. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning that the gorgeous Ben Barnes is playing a fan favourite character. Um, so if if nothing else, come to the beautiful Ben Barnes. Come for the eye candy. Come for the eye candy. Yeah. It, it always works. <laughs> always. Um, so that'll bring us to the uh, to the end of the news segment here. Um, so lots of big things happening in the world of books, um, as well as adaptations of books. And we will now dive into the section where we talk about the books that we have been reading and enjoying. And I'm going to throw to you first, Mark, um, because no, there's no better way, in my opinion, to start off this segment than delving into the incredible uh, books of horror that you are enjoying, because it is always <laughs> horror with you. What have you been reading uh, over the last few weeks? Okay, it's not always horror with me, it's <laughs> often horror. And just because I'm about to talk about a book called Paperbacks from Hell doesn't mean that I should be pigeonholed as, as some kind of horror um, nerd. No, it's very accurate. I do love my horror. And the book that I'm talking about today is a gorgeous book came out a couple of years ago that I picked up at Christmas time. And it's by Grady Hendrix, who wrote... Uh, a book a couple of years ago that got a lot of notice called Horror Store, which was like about a haunted Ikea store. Um, and then since he's written such classics as My Best Friend's Exorcism um, and the Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Slaying. So he's got this kind of comedy horror kind of niche carved out for himself. Uh, and Paperbacks from Hell is actually a nonfiction book from him. And it is, uh, it's called A Twisted History of 70s and 80s Horror Fiction. And it goes back and takes a look at the really gorgeous, gorgeous book covers that uh, used to grace the horror section in the late 70s and the early 80s. And it's something that I think it's a shame that 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 it doesn't still exist today because uh, today's horror covers generally just tend to be the title in some kind of fancy script. Um, whereas back back in the day, they used to do these really gruesome illustrations. And this is a very visual book that highlights these these covers in all their gorgeous, glorious goriness, if I can be alliterative for, for a moment. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's. It's books like um, like The Nest, which is about giant cockroaches that devour people in a small town, um, which has just a gorgeous picture of a cockroach on the cover. Titles like Night Shriek, um, Spawn, The Hood, Gila, which is about a giant Gila monster, um, just dying breath. Let's go play at the Adamses. It's, it's all this like sinister, horrific stuff, but it's also accompanied by a pretty well-researched a uh, story about um, the the publishing landscape at the time and why these books uh, did well at the time and who the authors were and what they went on to do and the kind of themes and genres that that and subgenres that kind of came up throughout this period. So it's a great little history and it's a gorgeously visual book if you're into that kind of um, you know 
pictures of like you know dolls creepy dolls on the cover of books and things like that but that's paperbacks from hell by grady hendrix which um i can't recommend highly enough and then the other one that i'm just going to quickly mention um it's another horror book um it's a selection of short stories i have spoken for many years on many podcasts about how great of a horror writer adam neville is and i'm going to do it again he's written a collection called some will not sleep and it's a collection of short stories of his from his entire career. And he's written uh, probably about eight or nine full-length horror novels by now over the past 15 years or so, I think. Uh, and a couple of them have been turned into Netflix movies, The Ritual on Netflix. That's one of his. And there's a new one coming up on Netflix in a couple of months called No One Gets Out Alive, which is based on, on one of his novels. But this is a collection of short stories, and it is just fantastic. He published it himself. He created his own publishing uh, imprint to do this. Uh, so this is like, in the introduction to it, he says this, this is like the most distilled representation of who he is and what he wants to say as a writer um, that you'll ever find. Um, and he wants to say some really, really dark and twisted stuff um, from stories about pig creatures stalking children in the forest to stories of uh, breast milk that a dick turns you into um, a huge slobbering monster to stories of housemates who kind of worship the devil and move themselves into your living room and then open portals to the other side um, on your nice couch. It's just great. I, I really love this book. So that's Adam Neville, um, Someone Not Sleep. Highly recommend it. That's that's my little horror corner for today, guys. I hope I, I, hope I didn't ruin the tone of the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I'm creeped out, but I love it and I'm intrigued. Yeah, Adam it's, definitely check him out. Yeah, it's actually, I always find it surprisingly, I always find short short horror stories surprisingly effective because I think with, with, with short stories, if you're an author, you always have to be a lot more concise and to the point. So they can often be as difficult as, as you know, as a, and, but also as a result, much more, as much more effective than uh than a than a full-length novel is how does neville kind of compare to some of the other great horror uh, horror authors out there that uh, that you love i mean look he's clearly taken um a very strong influence from a lot of different places uh there's a couple of stories in this that are reminiscent of um the ghost stories of m.i james who was uh a, a literature professor, I believe, in like the 1920s and 1930s in the UK who wrote horror stories or ghost stories on the side. And there's a couple in here that are quite reminiscent of that. Um, and, yeah, I think that Adam Neville really stands up there um, shoulder to shoulder with the greats. Uh, and I'm constantly surprised that uh, he isn't kind of more well-known and more well-regarded. But um, he's from the UK. Um, I would call him the UK's equivalent of Stephen King. Um but I guess the horror landscape today in terms of publishing isn't what it was when, you know, Stephen King was at the height of his powers, where it was kind of more of a mainstream genre. Um, so he's a little bit more niche these days. But, uh, yeah, the quality of the writing is, is incredible. And, you know, some of the stories in this in this book are, um, are up there with some of the greatest horror stories I've ever read. So highly recommended. Awesome. Thank you for these amazing horror recommendations. I'm, it's, it's, it, you're always encouraging me one day to, to, to delve into, into horror a little bit more. And uh, the, the more you terrify me, the more I want to check it out. So thank you very much, Mark. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw now to Danny and I'm kind of 
Danny, last time you were on here, you brought so many books with you. I was kind of floored by by how rapid, how massive my to be read pile increased uh, <laughs> after just one session. But what have you been enjoying um, um, over the last uh, last couple of weeks? Well, I have read eight books in January 2021, and I was trying to narrow <laughs> them down, like which ones do I talk about? But I just love them all so much. I'm just going to talk about each of them very fast. Is that okay? Absolutely, that is okay. I love, I love that you have you have casually read eight books. I envy your ability to just mow these books down with. with well, with I said ease. to someone today, oh, you know, January reads are done. I've read eight books. They're like, "What are you talking about? You still got to till Sunday." And I went, "Oh yeah, I could make it nine, couldn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Giving up. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm speaking to Will Dean tonight super excited the last thing to burn this was an amazing book mm. I actually found myself sitting on the edge of my lounge at the end and I didn't even realize read it in one sitting um, it, it's psychological thriller but it also explores human trafficking and really important issues about women and control and power so this one is probably my number one read for this month and I reckon it's going to stay there all year I know it's a big call it's only January but wow, it was it was amazing. And if you look up Will Dean, he actually lives in the forest in Sweden where there's no one around. And he, I'm going to talk to him tonight about how this is, you know, a really great space for an artist. So I'm really interested in that. But yeah, if you're going to read anything this year, the last thing to burn is definitely one of those books that I think you should read. Um, the second one is The Push by Audrey Audrain. Have any of you guys picked that one up yet? No, but we do have a Q&A with the author on the blog and I remember reading about it and I was just like, oh, this sounds really good. Oh, good. It's just one of those books that really get in your head. Female protagonist, first and second person, which is interesting, and in past tense because you get really, really close. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love it too. Um, at first mm -hmm. you think, oh, this is different, but then you get into it and you get really close to the character and it's about the motherhood and the expectations of motherhood and following your gut and you know it's quite creepy in the end so it's another one of those kind of psychological thrillers which I do love that's why they're top two in my list for January but yeah the push the voice and the character for me just that was and the writing just brilliant and beautiful um some notable mentions I um was recommended to me by a couple of critics of crime fiction around the world Blacktop Wasteland by S.A. Cosby and I, I was so glad they recommended this because I probably wouldn't have picked it up but it's about um, a life of crime living in the States and this man sort of deciding who he is and whether you can, um, you know, run away from who you are or change or is it just in your DNA? So that was a really interesting thing to explore. But besides that, like I'm not into cars. Like if you want to impress me um, with your car, I hope it's a food truck, right, because otherwise I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this, and I hope you're selling tacos. But anyway, um, but this guy, right, he writes um, these car chases, this incredible driver, and he's you know, the getaway driver. And I was actually glued to it. And I thought these, I've never read such a sexy car chase. So I don't know what was going on there, but it's certainly worth checking out. And that's coming from someone who does not care at all about cars. Um, number four, Vanishing Falls by Poppy G. I love it when a book surprises me. Have you read this? Uh, no, I haven't read it, but I, it has been on my to-be-read pile for a while and, bec and because of, and, I, and I'm not going to steal your thunder on it, just because of how amazing it has been. Uh, like every single time I have uh, had a conversation with anyone about this book, they always say, pick it up, read it. It's fantastic because of just how engrossing it is. Um, 
oh, so I've been wanting to, to read this one for a while. Yeah, definitely, definitely put it up there on the on your to be right to be read um, pile. Even though I'm making it eight books higher, so sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just, it was surprising to me. I hadn't read it. Poppy sent it to me, said, "Oh, you know, hope you consider it for the pod." And so I gave it a read. And as soon as I opened it up, you know, when you just know you're going to like a book, the writing is just beautiful, and the character voices are just so distinctive, and it really is a who done it right to the very end, set in Tasmania. So we had a bit of a chat about you know books set in Tasmania. I think Jane Harper's The Survivors is set in Hobart as well. So mm-hmm. we talked about, um, you know, it being actually a really quite a good setting for crime. So, yeah, pick that up if you can. And if it's already on your to-be-read pile, I can bump it up a bit. It's really good. Um, the other one I read was Luckies by Andrew Pippos. Um, it's been around for a while now, but I hadn't gotten to it. Uh, really enjoyed the story. I just thought it was a little bit different, delving into culture, going from past to present to feeling Lucky's life and, you know, a bit of lightness and a bit of darkness. So I enjoyed that. That was a nice sort of summer, summer read. Number six, Tell Me Lies, JP Pomade. I'm actually not quite finished this, but wow, what an opening. Have you guys had a look at this one yet? Um, I have not, but I have recently picked, uh, got the chance to check out his book In the Clearing. Oh, I love um, that one. Yeah, which was fantastic. He's such a fantastic, vivid He's uh, writer. writer. Yeah, I love his work. I've loved every one of his books and I thought I'll need to pick this one up too. So I've, I'm sort of halfway through. I thought, what a cracker beginning. His characters are amazing. And everyone who I've spoken to have said, oh, it's a you know great twist at the end, which I haven't even gotten to yet. But I trust J.P. Pomare because every book, you know, the other two books he's written have been fantastic. So I'll probably, maybe I will, I'll finish that and uh, then I'll, I don't think I'm going to squeeze a number nine in. Let's not be ridiculous. Um, Then I went to kids books, right? So this is number seven and eight, they're kids books. Uh, Read Derek Dill's Super Cool Run for Your Life, Adrian Beck and Scott Edgar. I just really like these books. They just laugh out loud. They're good to read aloud to your kids, dad jokes, you know, just that fun kind of book, escapism, which I think is really cool for kids. And I actually thought this third one was the best out of the series, really liked it even though I really hated the cross country funnily enough um and number eight uh, it's a picture book so it really didn't take me long to read guys um Pooh and other words that make me laugh Felice Arena and Tom Gillett and I spoke to them last night and Tom Gillett apparently he hardly ever does interviews so I don't know how I got him on don't know if you guys have interviewed him but lovely guy and um just like you think of a book that you start with poo, right? And you think it's just going to be another one of those books about poo, but it's actually about words. You know, there's lots of word play in there, lots of cool words, um, you know, that I had to look up. Beautiful glossary at the end. So, yeah, it was just um, I really liked it, really interesting and another really good one to read. I love it when kids' books sort of encourage you to read them aloud. I think that's really cool and I think you can't read aloud enough to kids no matter how old they are. So there's my whip around eight. I love it. I love it. I could I could have listened to you for for, for two hours talking about books. Um, <laughs> should have taken a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. I love these recommendations, and you the more you're the more you, 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 you the more you're suggesting, particularly that particularly that, that uh, JB Mari book, the more I'm like, oh, there's another one to add. God dang it! The list gets longer and longer. Um, thank you so much, Danny. Um, last but certainly not least, I will turn uh, to you, Liv. What have you been uh, enjoying over the last couple of weeks? It feels so long since I've come on this podcast to talk about books, but I read so much over the holidays and I've gotten to a bit of, not a slump, but the last few books that I picked up have been kind of, the, the kind of books that make you like slow down and say stop 
you need to pay attention to me, you need to read me. Uh, but honorable mentions to um, The Friend by Sigrid Nunes. I loved that book, that was incredible. Um, so if you've read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, what else did I read? I read, um, also finished off um, Holly, Holly Black's trilogy, the um, Folk of the Air series with uh, The Queen of Nothing, which some people said that they didn't like the ending of this series, but I was really happy with how it turned out. So honorable mentions to those two. Um, but the two books that I'm going to talk about, one I've read recently and one I'm in the middle of reading. And they're really quite remarkable books. So the first one is The Prophets uh, by Robert Jones Jr. Um, this is a book that I had to read in kind of short, sharp bursts at a time. Um, I couldn't just dive right in and read it like in one sitting because it just it's not that kind of book and I'll try and explain why. Uh, it's well worth the read. Um, and it's the love story of two enslaved black men on a plantation in America's deep south um, before the Civil War. Um, these two men, they love each other so intensely and despite the misery of their existence and everyone can kind of see that, that they have this special relationship. And for the most part, people leave them alone. Um, but trouble does come for them in the form of the plantation owner, Paul who wants to use them to make more slaves because they're healthy young men. And he has a plant slaves. So he's kind of putting pressure on them to, you know, pair up with someone and create more babies. And it's a really kind of awful pressure that I wouldn't have even thought about for people who were like queer back then. Um, but there's also, trouble coming for them in the form of another enslaved man called Amos, um, who's committed to bringing the word of God to enslaved people on the um, plantation, sorry. Um, but his religious fervor isn't coming from a place that you expect. He has some kind of complicated reasons of his own. And this book really delves into, you know, into those reasons and also how this beautiful um, relationship that two men, the names Samuel and Isaiah, sorry, I forgot to mention that before. Um, the book really delves into their relationship and how it comes to affect everyone else on the plantation. And the book is just, it's so beautiful. It's harrowing and I will put in a trigger warning for sexual assault and I guess slavery, if that um, kind of is an issue for you in reading books about that, then maybe you wouldn't want to read this but the language is beautiful. It's just ambitious and soaring. Like lots of people have made comparisons to Toni Morrison and that's definitely valid, but um, Robert Jones Jr., his writing is very distinct and of the moment. He's very much his own writer and he's a debut one at that. Like you read this and you're like, I cannot believe this came from the debut writer. It's incredible. Um, another thing that I loved about it is that it's told from multiple points of view. So you have um, Samuel and Isaiah, you have other enslaved people in the plantation, um, you also have the slave owners, and then you also get to hear from the ancestors of the first enslaved people, as well as several black prophets who are speaking to their descendants. And I think this really works for the book because at the end of the day, there is no one ultimate slave story that can capture every single aspect. There's multiple perspectives and a multitude of emotions that people would have experienced. And I just, this book really delves into all of them. And some of the actions of some of the other enslaved characters might not make sense to you until you read their chapters and see where they're coming from. And just this absolute 
horrible binds that they find themselves in and how they deal with it. Um, it's also, it's a brutal, but it is a hopeful story. Um, it's not overly graphic, I don't think, um, but there are also some scenes that could be quite distressing. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's a gorgeous exploration of like black queer love in a time that we wouldn't normally read about it. Um, I've reviewed it over on the Booktopian, um, if you're interested, but I definitely recommend this book. I am still thinking about it. It's beautiful. Well, I'm sold, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. About three it's minutes ago, gorgeous. I was like, I'm sold. I need to go buy this book. <laughs> yeah, and it's got an incredible cover. It's oh, so beautiful. Um, uh, I guess I'll talk about my other book now. Um, so I'm reading at the moment... Uh, Everything Under by Daisy Johnson. Um, it's also a very interesting and kind of troublingly beautiful novel. Um, it's a story of a young woman with a troubled past that comes leeching back into her present. Um, this woman's name's Gretel. Uh, she was raised by her mother, Sarah, on a houseboat, and they lived quite a wild, sheltered, secret life. And they were so close and they had their own made-up language. And just lived completely apart from civilization um, until the need came for them to move on and, you know, try and find, make a living for themselves because they couldn't survive. But uh, one day they're joined by a young runaway named Marcus and his arrival dramatically changes everything for them. So something terrible happens and then Sarah abandons Gretel and leaves her in the hands of the foster system in the UK. And then years later, Gretel manages to find Sarah again. She's been constantly looking for her, like scouring, you know, like she was um, scouring like obituaries, like calling morgues and police stations all over the place. And she eventually finds her again. Um, But Sarah is suffering from dementia and often doesn't remember their history and the things that have happened to them. So it begins a process where Gretel and Sarah begin this conversation to try and figure out what happened to them and you know for Gretel to get some answers from Sarah about why she left her and I don't want to give away too much about the plot but it is partly a modern retelling of the Oedipus myth Mm. um I'm not finished yet so I haven't seen how it uh that plays out exactly but to see where it ends up and Daisy Johnson is just such a talented young writer um she takes big swings and they don't always land but the sheer guts of it is breathtaking and this book was uh, shortlisted for the Booker Prize I think in 2018 or 2018 I think. Um, It lost to Milkman by Anna Burns but uh, I can definitely see why she was nominated. Um, It's just it's so unsettling and this is a book that's very concerned with language and the haunting power of language, how we use it to shape and give voice to our own particular experiences. Um, it's just like Gretel works as a dictionary editor as an adult, and she goes through the dictionary word by word to make sure the definitions are all up to date. And as I mentioned before, she and her mother had this shared language. And it's just that words have a lot of power in this story, a really unsettling power. And it's, Johnson's just incredibly intelligent writer. Like, I don't even know how I'd begin to put together a story like this. Um, But I read Sisters, which was her uh, most recent book that came out last year. And I would also describe that as kind of a modern-day ghost story. And that's what I love about um, Daisy Johnson's writing is she kind of takes elements of 
like gothic horror. Yeah, I'd say I guess you would say it's gothic horror, and just formed into these like deliciously unsettling and creepy ghost stories. We can't quite put your finger on what's wrong, but like there's definitely something off in the dynamics. Um, so I'm really enjoying that too, and that's what I've been reading lately. It's yeah, you're in a very interesting place with your reading selections at the moment, Liv. Very, uh, very yeah, intense. It, it slowed me. It slowed me down a bit because, like I said, I was rushing through a couple of them, and then this one forced me to take several seats. <laughs> mm, yeah, but thank you so much. These I love those selections. Sound they absolutely they sound absolutely fantastic. Yeah, thank are. you, everyone. Fantastic recommendations, um, as always. Um, so before we dive into the cacophonous world of book fights, I should say we are sponsored. Um, today by not one, not two, not three, not five, but four books, <laughs> all from the same author. Uh, born and bred in beautiful WA, you can get four stories of romance, courage and community from the incredible Fiona Palmer uh, right now as part of a bundle deal that we are offering um, at Booktopia here. So we're offering uh, an exclusive bundle deal with Booktopia Editions where you can buy her four, um, Fiona's four books, The Sunburnt Country, the Sunnyvale Girls, The Sadler Boys, and The Family Secret, all for under $50, which is over 20% off. Um, we'll be providing links to this in the description, and you can get that right now at booktopia.com.au, which is our sponsored book for this, uh, sponsored offer and sponsored books for this uh, week's episode of The Week in Booktopian. All right, you ready to dust off and get down and dirty with book fights? If you're no. not, God help you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play book fight. Sound effect is so, as Can you hear it? <laughs> I think it's the story of everyone who appears uh, on the podcast without fail. There is just the, I can I can sense the blood pressure increasing. I can sense the, I can sense the heart rate heart rates going up. Um, <laughs> but it's this is why we have fun with it. So I'll grab a buzzer for all of you, and I'll start with you, Mark. What will your buzzer be? Uh, my buzzer is going to be succubus. Nice. Succubus, I like it. Nice nice word there. Danny, what shall your word be? After my favourite book so far of the year, The Last Thing to Burn, mine's going to be burn, baby, burn. Just burn, though, because it's too long otherwise. Yeah, I love it. Great word. Very good word. And lastly, Liv, what shall you have? Mug. Bug? Mug. (laughs) Mug. So I've got my right. mug of tea here. That's going to get in really quick, though. I think your, your buzz is going to work in your favour. That's why I picked it, Danny. I'm, I'm on... Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm switched on. I'm not switched on. It's 4.37 on a Thursday night. I'm <laughs> struggling. It's a... It's, it's going to be interesting how this particular episode plays out as well because we had audio issues before we started, so Lord knows how this goes. But here we are. We are ready. We have our buzzers. Let's play book fight. Question one. For three points, name this author. A bonus two points are on offer if you can name them before I announce the name of their first novel. I was born in Sydney, Australia in 1966 and grew up in a household with four other sisters and one brother. After leaving school, I worked in advertising and marketing at a legal publishing company before trying my hand at running my own company, before then taking on work as a freelance advertising copywriter. I went to Macquarie University and excelled at writing creative <gasps> work. Oh, Mark. Yep. Is it Leanne Moriarty? 
It is Leanne Moriarty. Correct. I only know because I saw on her website this morning as I was writing her blog post that she went to Macquarie Uni. Oh, yes, you are absolutely correct. And that also means that that's the first time ever that anyone has ever gotten the author correctly before I mentioned the novel name. So that is five points to live. Congratulations, oh, Liv. Oh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Let me have this mark. Five points mark. Uh, we'll be on zero together. Indeed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> going to um, come for me even harder now. <laughs> yeah, it's you. You always see it behind the scenes. It's it's been the source of a lot of intense debate, uh, book fight uh, in the office after an episode. The latest episode has been recorded. Well done, great work. <laughs> Thank um, you. Question two. Name this closing line to this famous novel. Oh. Later on, he will understand how some men so loved her that they dared that they did dare much for her sake. Hmm. Uh, Any takers? Hint? It's a it's a very very famous novel. Um. Can you give us a hint? I will read it. I'll read it again. And the hint is that it is a famous horror novel. Oh. Later on, he will understand how some men so loved her. That they did dare much for her sake. Oh, 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 um, mug. Yep. Is it Dracula? It is Dracula, correct. Oh, wow. Dracula by Bram Stoker. Yes, that is correct. Well done. I love that book. Good. I was like, yes. I know this line, I know this line. Where is it from? <laughs> to be yes. fair, I wouldn't have got it without the hint. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Look, to, it, it, after last week when I, when, I, when I didn't get 1984, it had to be one that was very tantalising. So good on, you for, good on you for trusting your Thank gut you. like I did not. Um, question three. Don't worry, don't worry, Mark and, uh, and Danny, you have a chance to come back. We're not worried, uh, we are we, Mark? Are we worried? So worried. I've never worried a day in my life. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> question three. We live in a time of incredible book franchises. For two points, what is the highest selling book series of all time? Oh, what? Um, uh, Succubus. Succubus, yes. Harry Potter. It is Harry Potter, correct. Harry Potter has raked in. (laughs) Harry Potter has raked in a casual 500 million copies sold um, over the course of its entire run. I forgot my buzzer name. Do you know? <laughs> I'm just going to write down uh, it, the buzzer name. I forgot what it was. It was it was burn. It was burn, baby, burn. Yeah. No, I'm, burn. I'm getting burned in this book <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's a potential question that you have the chance to come back with, uh, Danny. Let's see. Um, I hope you're brushed up on your Bridgerton. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, question what? four. <laughs> Unless the answer is Bridgerton, I'm screwed right now. (laughs) (laughs) Question four. What is the fourth novel in Julia Quinn's Bridgerton series? Oh, what? Succubus. Succubus? Bridgerton? (laughs) 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 You're actually closer than you think you are. (laughs) The Earl's secret baby? I don't know. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> Don't count that. I didn't say mug. Bridgerton <laughs> romance. Bridgerton, let's just guess here. You, you, you're actually so close. You are so close, Danny. With that, with, you said romancing and Bridgerton. You are so close. Love story. No. no. <laughs> Romance at Bridgerton. No, you're so, oh, no. It's like so close. You're, you're like, you're, yep. Is it romancing yes. the Duke or something? Romancing no. someone. No. Romancing oh. Mr. Bridgerton. Mr. Romancing oh. Mr. Bridgerton Mr. is the correct answer. <laughs> And that and I that guess, and I, that is me working out that yeah. Bridgerton is a person and not a place. I was so close. <laughs> it's a family. So close. Can, um, can I be honest here? Like, I actually feel like all like like all of you should get a point because you all can. It was like a teamwork. Thank you. To guess that no, I disagree. I disagree. I think I you would not have gotten point. that without me, Mark. Admit it. <laughs> I reckon I said romance first. Come yeah, on. yeah. I'm gonna give Danny. Yeah. Like, do you know what? Just just in the interest of just in the interest of uh, of making this competitive because Liv is so far ahead, Mark will get a point and Danny will get a point. Oh, one. <laughs> I've Can Liv lose one? Throw. Can you just take one no. off Liv? No, I'm not doing that. I'm not Thank doing you. that. That's, that's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not cruel, Mark. I'm, not cruel. I'm trying to be nice in these quizzes this year, Mark. That's one of my New Year's resolutions, and you're making it very hard. Don't you remember, Nick, that time that you almost won and then but Liv took points off you? I'm just, I'm just mentioning that. I don't, I don't know nothing. what you're talking about. I don't, yeah. I would, I, I've never done that in my life. It's called yeah, book five, so I think you've set us up to, you know, for conflict. <laughs> it's, this is the, this is the nature of the of the beast that we're dealing with, and 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 we wonder why we're terrified that it might be reported to HR in a future episode. Um, question uh, question five, um, and this is for two points right here. The Taylor's Girl, Fields of Gold, The Last Dance, and The Tea Gardens are novels by which oh, famous Mug. Australian author? Mug. Sorry, mug. Are you a mug? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, yes. Is it Fiona McIntosh? It is Fiona McIntosh. Yes, it is correct. Two more points to live. And the and uh, she uh, in her most recent book, The Champagne War, uh, was released mm. last year. And she recently appeared, appeared on the Words and Notes podcast. She did. Go check that, that out. Great. Right. She's really a bit of a legend. Yeah, she's great. Mm. Yeah, she is a lot of fun. Did you, was it nice chatting to her? Yeah, it really was. I've chatted to her before, but I just love her books. I just delve into these beautiful historical fictions with these beautiful female protagonists. I just, I love speaking to her. Yeah, she is a lot of fun. We we had her on um, as well near the end of the year and she was an absolute joy to talk about. And the amount of research that she goes into with mm. some of her books is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um so now we're on to question six. Um, we have one more question after this, and currently these are the scores as follows: Mark oh, is on three points, Danny is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you've got to keep track for the audience. Um, Mark is on three, Danny is on one point, and Olivia is just casually riding on eight points, as you do. Um, so, but this leads us to our next question, which is question. Six, and that, that question is for two points. Name the famous horror novel that includes this phrase. This is not an exit. Oh, um, yeah, oh. I know. Succubus, yes. Uh, American Psycho. American Psycho oh. is the correct answer. 
Well done. I never Mark. finished that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love that. No, I couldn't do it. You got it wrong though. <laughs> yeah, look, it is a bit of an intense novel. I was reading it. I was to it this morning and I just went, geez Louise, this is this is like next. Level. When I bought it, my copy was shrink wrapped and had an R rating on it. So wow. kids couldn't read it because that's how bad it was. That's Sorry, cool. I've just got a I've just got a mental image. I just want to back up for a second. I just have a mental image of Nick reading American Psycho, putting it down and going, geez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Normal God, you know That's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> you sound. You make me sound like a like a. Oh, I couldn't possibly. Oh well. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, well, that leads us on to our last question. Moving on quickly. <laughs> uh, to uh, yeah, our last question right here, which is, in which famous book series would you find the kingdom of Ravka? Mug. Yep. That would be the Shadow and Bone series or the Grishida. Correct. You would be absolutely correct. Woo! You're amazing. I'm just going to say you're amazing. Well done. <laughs> I'm just really overly competitive. It's why I had to stop playing netball. Team sports and the me do not mix. <laughs> you need to try solo, like tennis, golf maybe. Yoga's been really good. Yoga? Competitive <laughs> How do you do competitive? competitive. <laughs> I compete with... Uh, the, the woman on YouTube, Adrian. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that, so that brings us to the end of book five. Um, and Mark finishes with five points. Danny finishes with one point. Olivia, her internet did not fail her today. She finishes with nine points. Congratulations, Whoa. Olivia. Fake Thank news. you very Fake much. News. That was Fake news. <laughs> and speaking. I... I actually won. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Mark, if it was golf, stop the count. <laughs> stop the count. Stop the count. No, wait, start it again. No, stop it. I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like it's oh. going to be the, like, any time now we have any sort of thing, whenever there'll be any sort of mentioning of, of, of the counting, you'll be going, nope, it's not true. No, we, we're starting the entire thing again. All the quizzes are starting again. Disgraceful. Oh. <laughs> terrifying to me oh but thank you well but thank you everyone so much well done Liv congratulations on winning and that will bring us to the end of the weekend Booktopian for another week thanks to all of my guests um to Olivia to Mark and especially to Danny for coming on once again and joining us and for all of those listening be sure to please please go and check out the Words and Nerds podcast which is available on all major channels and where she has recently sat down with the likes of Fiona McIntosh, as mentioned, and Paul Delgado. And also be sure to check out her summer series takeover podcast series that's happening right now too. The Weekend Booktopian was produced by myself, Nick Wasiliev, and you can check out a wide variety of our episodes on the Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud channels, where there are a variety of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Also, be sure to check out Booktopia TV on YouTube. Or if you can't get enough of our chatting to authors, head over to the Booktopian blog uh, edited by Olivia, where you can read articles that are published every single day, including our most recent announcement of the new book by Leanne Moriarty and our most anticipated reads of 2021. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, 
You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.